0: Bob Bernie Bernie Live. Live Looking at today's news through a Biblical Worldview
1: Welcome back To Bob Bernie live, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, joining me. Um, Hang on, I'm just checking out something real quick. Hang on, I'll I'll be right with you. Um, Hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Uh Okay. Yeah, I'll check on that and. I won't comment on it right now because I can't confirm it, but anyway <laughs> pardon me, we will uh, we'll move on to something else and I will uh, try to confirm something I was looking up and now that you're thoroughly confused that's that's okay. Uh, the uh, the liberal left theologically, as I have said over and over again, is far more damaging has caused far more harm to America and the rest of the world than even the far-left politicians. That's why it really, really troubles me when well-meaning Christians get all bit out of shape about liberal politicians in the next election, and they really don't care about liberal churches, liberal theologians, liberal pastors— They don't care about that. Boy, they're concerned about the next election. But they care less about the theology of a church and the doctrine of a church. And by, by the way, let me just state this. For years I have heard, doctrine divides. We can't emphasize doctrine. Doctrine divides. And you know what? You are absolutely correct. Doctrine divides, and it should. And it should. But also doctrine unites. Doctrine does divide us, and, and that's a good thing. Never forget 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for. What is the first thing on the list? Number one, top of the list, That scripture is good for. Number one, doctrine. Don't listen don't listen to those people who say, well, we can't emphasize doctrine. And again, I am not talking about the little peripheral things that could divide us. I'm talking about the fundamental doctrines of the faith. That Bible believing Methodists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Baptists, Brethren, Church of Christ and Christian Union, Christian Church, and on and on and on, can all agree on. Yeah, we may not agree on baptism. We may not agree whether it's deacons or elders, whether it's congregational rule or elder rule. We may not even agree on eschatology. When and how will Christ return? What about the millennium? Uh, Pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, pre-millennial, post-millennial, mid-millennial. Yeah, we may not agree on some of those things. But the fundamentals of the faith, it is the doctrine that unites us. And it will be the doctrine that divides us. And that's a good thing. All right, speaking of the liberal left theologically, I uh, just today got my latest correspondence from the Sojourners, and I can't talk about Jim Wallace anymore because he is no longer with the Sojourners. He was the grand poobah of the social justice movement for a long, long, long time, but he has gone on to other things, and other people are now in control, and I think It's hard to imagine, but I think they've gone farther to the left than even Jim Wallace was. Here's what I got today. From Sojourners, Faith in Action for Social Justice, dear Bob, listen to this. I want you to listen to this. Dear Bob, from the beginning, our nation has bent twisted and buried truth in service to european then white supremacy that's the first sentence in this communique from uh, sojourners can i read that to you again from the beginning our nation has bent twisted and buried truth in service to european then white supremacy. Hmm. Service to European supremacy. Huh. I thought that many of our founding fathers came here to reject the European way of life and they came here for liberty and freedom freedom of liberty and freedom of speech and not according to sojourners. No, 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 no. From the beginning, Our nation has bent, twisted, and buried truth and service to European, then-white supremacy. It has hidden its addiction to human hierarchy, the supremacy of white maleness and pure power, the vote to acquit Trump after his incitement of the attack on our Capitol building by white nationalists shows how this addiction will embrace even fascism to keep Power. Talk about slanted, biased, angry, bitter. And this narrative that's, hey, folks, listen, listen. The devil lives in the extremes, all right? Right, right, right. The devil lives in the extremes. And one extreme says, America has no faults. We're a perfect country. We're a perfect nation. We were in the beginning. We are now. We always will be. We are perfect. We have never made mistakes, no blemishes. We are perfect. Well, that is certainly not true. We made a lot of mistakes as a country because we are a country of human beings. And if it's a country, it's like a church. If you're looking for the perfect church, stop. Because when you get there, you will ruin it. No such thing as a perfect church. There's no perfect, perfect thing. No such thing as a, as a perfect country. That is a devilish extreme to ignore the weaknesses and the faults of America and to push under the rug the mistakes that we have made as a country. And we have. But the other extreme, which is just as evil and devilish, is this country has been evil from the very beginning. It was built on white supremacy. That is a devilish extreme. The United States of America, with all of our faults and failures, has done more to liberate people around the world than any country in world history. The United States of America has done more to help the economically disadvantaged than any country on planet Earth. And I double-dog dare you to give me the name of one country that has done more good around the world than America. Have we done bad? Of course we have. This is a devilish extreme. From the beginning, our nation has bent, twisted... And they call themselves evangelicals. This is sojourners. Um, Almost the epitome of the theological bankruptcy of the left. Stay away from the extremes. Stay away from the extremes. All right, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back... We're going to talk to Mark. He's holding on the line. My number, 877-BOB-LIVE.
0: Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live as we're getting ready to wrap it up and head home. But before we do, we have the privilege of talking to Mark in Columbus. Hey, Mark.
2: What's up? Hey, it's a privilege. That's so nice of you to say. I appreciate
1: that. Well, don't blow it, all right?
2: (laughs) All right, I'll quit.
1: (laughs) What's on your mind
2: today? Yeah, so I tell you, you know, I was reading Daniel 10 today, just kind of coincidentally, and and, uh, well, I tell you what, as I read it, I was practically chilled to read the passages about uh, the angels telling Daniel about the struggle between the demons and the angels over, you know, Persia and Greece back then. Yes, And yes. You know, just, you think, you, you, you ask yourself, well, where is all this coming from? How in the world could it get this bad? And you realize that, wow, this is where it's coming from, the the principalities.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. There is another dimension that is just as real as the dimension that we see, we feel, we experience. It is just as real, but we can't see it, can't touch it. Sometimes I think we can feel it and a few a few times in scripture like the curtain is opened, like second Kings. It's either 2 Kings 6 or 7, Elisha and his servant. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, the Syrians are attacking Samaria, the people of God. And uh, every time the king of Syria makes a battle plan, the the Jews find out about it. And wow. so the king of, of Syria says... Uh, Hey, we got a spy in our midst. Find out who the spy is. And somebody says, oh. "No, it's not a spy. It's that that preacher down there, that Elisha dude. He knows oh. even what you're talking about in your bedroom." So the nah. king of Syria says, "Well, go get him." And he dispatches a massive army with soldiers and chariots to find Elisha. Well, Elisha and his servant are staying in this little house. And they wake up in the morning, and Elisha's servant goes out probably to get water or something, and they're completely surrounded by the Syrian army. And he is petrified. He is scared to death, and he comes in, Master, Master, we're we're all going to die. And Elisha, he, he, he just prays this. He just says, Lord, open his eyes. That's all he asks. Yeah. And the eyes of the servant are opened, and within the circle of the enemy troops is a circle of angels in chariots of fire.
2: Mm.
1: Now, here's here's what really excites me about that, Mark. Elisha mm-hmm. didn't ask for the angelic hosts. They were already there. He just asked oh, yeah. that God would pull back the oh. curtain so that his True. servant could see into that spiritual dimension that is real just we usually can't see
2: it we have no idea
1: no yeah. we don't we don't yeah. I you know probably the most distorted doctrine in the Bible is the doctrine of angels about 90% of everything you hear and read about angels is false right. but that does not mean they don't exist no they are real but they are here. Uh, I believe there is probably angelic presence here in my studio. I can't see, feel, uh, touch. but sure. But I, I, there is that spiritual dimension, and there is warfare there, right. as you referred to in Daniel chapter 10. Once again, the curtain uh, is pulled back in those rare instances where uh, God allows us to see, and there is a battle. There was a warfare, and hmm. for for imagine? the the answer to prayer to come to Daniel.
2: Yeah, can you just imagine if you know we all had that uh, that that cloud or, or curtain pulled back and and we saw those because you know you you think about Daniel he was that wiped him out. I mean he was yeah. Uh, yeah. on his face and and mourning and well, I mean it it that. Uh, just to think about actually seeing those things. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I know, I I know. (laughs) And and I believe that usually God does not allow us to see those things, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what? Things not seen. Right. And God wants us to believe by faith, faith, not by sight. Yeah. And so he he tells us about that spiritual world and that spiritual oh, dimension yeah. but then he expects us to trust and believe.
2: Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, we we were talking my wife and I as we were reading, we were thinking about uh we were talking about free will too. And it's all kind of tied in, you know, to if you were if if we were allowed to see all of what's going on. Then it would, really wouldn't be, you know. We wouldn't have to have faith. We would just yeah. be, oh well, you know. We know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Say that oh well,
1: I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Good all stuff, Mark. Go. Good stuff. Good well, hey, you you've been in the book today. Good for you. <laughs> and I would ask all of our listeners: Have you been in the book yet you, you today? Got to. Have you been in the book book. today? I forgot to ask listeners that today. So thanks for reminding me.
2: Thanks, Mark. All good. All right, Bob. I'll see you.
1: All right. Have a great evening. God bless you. Have you been in the book? I'm going to try to remember to ask just about every day. Have you been in the book today? Have you? I'm not talking about yesterday or the day before. Have you been in the book today? Don't miss a day without being in the book of books, God's Word, the Bible. Don't miss a single day. Be a man or a woman of the book. You don't have to be the best educated, the most intelligent. You can still be a man or a woman of the book. All right. Hey, thanks for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful evening but please, wherever you go and whatever you do, remember whose you are.
0: Listen, listen, think, think, think discern, discern.